You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks as always for joining us. I'm in a new spot this week, uh, traveling a little bit, uh, but uh, Judicial Watch has not slowed down on the iota new lawsuits about COVID, about vaccines, exposing Biden's border crisis and election integrity. So we've got all the bases covered in terms of uh, key issues facing America today. First up, obviously, though, is the current crisis on the border, which is the uh, invasion uh, by um, um, illegal immigrants um, essentially caused by Biden's lax border policies. Uh, by lax, I mean having virtually no security at the border. Almost 15,000 uh, migrants, almost all of whom were there illegally, uh, came uh, to Del Rio, Texas, and uh, created a humanitarian crisis. And the crisis uh, resulted in negative news coverage for the Biden administration, until there was alleged, uh, uh, there was video of uh, ICE agents or Border Patrol agents on horseback uh, trying to defend our land and try to maintain law and order down there. So what does the Biden administration go crazy about? Not the lawlessness that led to this humanitarian crisis, not the lawlessness that has led to potentially thousands of illegal immigrants, again, being able to enter the United States despite the laws to the contrary, they start attacking law enforcement. So that's where we stand on the rule of law and Joe Biden. If you defend the rule of law, you come under attack. And, you know, imagine being a Border Patrol agent, being put in and other, you know, and, and they had state officials down there too. Uh, Texas had law enforcement show up to kind of create a wall of cars to make up for the lack of the federal government's uh, a willingness to defend Texas against that invasion. Uh, but imagine being put in this untenable situation and having folks that love the likes of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, who I don't believe has even been near the border recently, uh, smear your, your uh, law enforcement operation and essentially equate you to slavery, uh, uh, slave traders, slave owners. It's the worst of the worst in terms of anti-law enforcement rhetoric coming from the White House. And uh, what is Congress going to do about it? Nothing. I guarantee you they're going to do nothing because it's controlled by the left. And so it's up to groups like Judicial Watch to expose the truth of what went on. So you can bet we already have Freedom of Information Act requests pending on the most recent iteration of the, con of, of the border crisis that is undermining our sovereignty and could destroy our country. And of course, on top of that, we already have uh, lawsuits and information uh, that we're pursuing through the Freedom of Information Act and the federal courts coming out. And along those lines, uh, we had new information come out concerning uh, the sexual and physical abuse of unaccompanied minors, where you have unaccompanied minors coming across the border. Uh, and uh, by minors, obviously, that's an elastic phrase, anyone, you know, because a it's hard to check the age of these folks sometimes because of lack ID and other you know, background information. Uh, but it, it's led to, and you remember the pictures that we're not allowed to even see anymore on the media. Uh, these overcrowded uh, shelters or temporary way stations, as these minors were shuttled, um, and or, 
processed and then shuttled to the endpoints of the human trafficking operation that we're the victims of. Uh, and by the way, shuttled by your tax dollars. So, uh, you know, take a step back. The Biden administration, by not only collapsing our border defenses, but also allowing illegal immigrants to cross the border and then allowing them to go forward and in some cases flying them or giving them bus passes, you name it. They are part and parcel of a human trafficking operation, most significant and largest human trafficking operation, I would argue, in American history. Never before has there so many people been trafficked. And in this case, with the help of the Biden administration. And of course, when you have that epic lawlessness, uh, there are all sorts of uh, uh, ancillary, I wouldn't say ancillary in a, in a way to minimize it, but concurrent lawlessness that goes with it. So with human trafficking, you have sexual predation, you have other uh, criminal activity taking place, including drug uh, trafficking and things like that. And of course, the other crimes that supposedly are victimless uh, that result in uh, people's properties, lives, and other issues being put at risk uh, by um, um, aliens who are unlawfully present who go on to commit additional crimes. But those of us who support law enforcement, those of us who support the rule of law, those of us who support a strong border that allows lawful activity to take place and protects us from unlawful activity and people coming across illegally, we are on the side of human rights. We are on the side of civil rights. Because as I said, this human trafficking results in all sorts of abuses of those participating, and specifically the Myers who are being trafficked. And accordingly, Judicial Watch had sued for records uh, back in, um, I guess it was earlier this year, uh, we filed the Health and Human Services, which handles once uh, these refugees or, or alleged refugees or unaccompanied children come across, uh, they uh, are handled by HHS. And we asked for all summaries from the individual case files of reports of physical and or sexual abuse or assault of unaccompanied alien children under the uh, care of HHS, its sub-agencies and or VOLAGs. And these are voluntary agencies. These are uh, nonprofits that are giving your tax dollars to help care for these individuals. And other records reflecting uh, you know, data documenting any abuses of the children. And we received records that show sexual and physical abuse of the unaccompanied minors. And we just got a spreadsheet, I think, of one month's worth of records that, as best I recall, um, well, I don't need to recall because I'm reading it right here, lists 33 sexual abuse allegations involving UACs, unaccompanied children. In one month, between the month of January 21st, 2021, when the president took office, to February 26, 2021. These incidents seem to be tied to voluntary agencies, as I said, these nonprofits that um, uh, are in the business of spending taxpayer money to help illegal aliens smuggle uh, children across the border. Uh, and they're contractors for the federal government. Ten of the allegations of sexual abuse were made against staff and non-staff members. Twenty-one incidents of children sexually assaulting other children while in government uh, contracted care facilities were reported. Now, we didn't get any details about the attacks, but it lists each attack. And I could go through each attack, but uh, sexual abuse, staff in USC, sexual abuse, staff in USC, 
sexual abuse, staff and other, sexual abuse, UAC and USC. It goes on and on and on. And then later we received documents, or says in this batch, we also received documents. Uh, there was a shelter in Baytown, Texas, a USC, uh, an unaccompanied child, uh, USC, UAC, uh, reported that another, a 17-year-old boy from Guatemala, had been punched with a closed fist in his ribcage by his roommate while the victim was lying down. The victim of the alleged attack did not want to discuss it with shelter officials. The report notes, the minor was moved to another room to ensure the other minor's safety. So they moved, I guess, the, uh, the violent criminal um, out of the room and put him in another part of the facility. The follow-up questions in the report, was the incident investigated? Was it reported to CPS, Child Protective Services, I presume? And was it reported to local law enforcement? Roll answered no. So you have criminal activity, criminal assaults of children, in this case, 17-year-old children, you know, put quotes around children there, uh, taking place and no follow-up. And this is what the documents report to us. So these documents show that not only are there shocking reports of sexual abuse occurring in shelters for unaccompanied children, but that there is violence amongst the UACs themselves. It is no surprise that the Biden administration's enabling of human trafficking has resulted in the violence and the abuse of children. So if you oppose violence and sexual abuse of children, you want the border to be controlled. If you don't care about it, this is a foreseeable and almost a predictable consequence of the lawlessness that you allow, uh, as the Biden administration is allowing. And, you know, I think there, I know uh, it's because in many ways it's a political question because it's a political process, but this is the sort of thing for which impeachment's made, either Meyer Orcus and or Joe Biden. Now, what happened with what you saw with those uh, largely Haitian immigrants, who, by the way, didn't come from Haiti. They came from South America, and they traveled up like the other caravans that had come up previously. So it wasn't like it was a surprise to anyone, or it shouldn't have been if it was competently run. But this is the same administration that uh, surrendered our uh, uh, surrendered to the Taliban in Afghanistan. Uh, created a catastrophe in Kabul that led to the 13 Americans being needlessly killed in a, in a terrorist attack that I think Biden is, in my view, personally responsible for. Uh, and on top of that, uh, the same administration gives us what, in my view, was a similar scene under that bridge in Del Rio, Texas. So if not impeachment for that, what? What? And, you know, and I'm, I'm not even talking about investigations over his criminal conduct as it relates to um, Hunter Biden. But there's more than enough reason to uh, begin impeachment, an impeachment inquiry. Let's talk about impeachment. But of course, you know, Democrats aren't going to do that. But, you know, that's what leadership's for. So I'm daring to say it. And there are a few members of Congress who are interested in doing it. Uh, but the Republican leadership is failing, is failing the American people in not highlighting this crisis sufficiently and not doing everything available to it under our constitutional system, available to them under our constitutional system, to rein Biden in and reassert the rule of law on the border and uh, 
elsewhere. And if I were in Texas and if I were in states around Texas, and frankly, even because every town's a border town, all these refugees, migrants, illegal aliens, whatever you want to call them, they're being sent all over the country. And in the border, it's an invasion. When you have millions of people crossing the border, it's an invasion. And states have a, uh, have a, um, a constitutional right, and frankly, a God-given one in my view, to defend their states against invasion, especially when the feds don't want to do it. It's in the Constitution. You can look it up. So the border should be secured either by the feds or the states. It's a good reason to do it. But this is what Judicial Watch is doing. We're asking for the information, trying to get some accountability. So now we have evidence of sexual abuse. Now imagine concurrent, imagine if this material, this type of material came out during the Trump administration, how media would respond. You know, Fox News picked it up, and obviously we're got a major outlet here through judicial watches social media, which is as big as some, frankly, networks, you know, big TV networks. But Congress isn't doing this work. Only Judicial Watch, again, is doing the heavy lifting to uncover the full truth about Biden's border crisis. A, a truth um, uh, that I would explain as Biden essentially assaulting immigration law. Uh, in, uh, it's the worst assault on immigration law in American history by a sitting president. It's nothing comparable. Nothing comparable. Obama was bad. This is worse. So more is coming, and uh, you can bet uh, Judicial Watch is going to continue because we love America. We want to protect America. And you know what? We're also concerned about the illegal aliens who are being victimized by Biden's lawlessness. That's turned on this spigot for an unprecedented human trafficking operation that victimizes not only citizens, but uh, these Im immigrants as well. So I don't want, uh, you know, and, and those of you who support our view, you should be proud of our work. Proud of your support for the rule of law because you're on the side of human rights. You're on the side of protecting the innocent, both citizens and non-citizens. So don't be scared off by the leftist mob who wants to cry racism and, and compare you to slaver, slavers because you're trying to protect the rule of law, which protects everyone when it's upheld. Man. Well, the other big issue continues to be COVID. Now, in my view, the COVID crisis is long-ended. It ended last year. Uh, and um, the restrictions and such, I, I dispute. Uh, but a lot of people have questions about uh, this effort by the government uh, to push a specific narrative on COVID and uh, specific ideas on how to deal with it, both medically and otherwise. And uh, now those of us who dispute what the government wants to do, face censorship online because of a coordinated effort by the Bush administration uh, and, and the deep state 
to target those who raise questions, no matter how well well sourced. And frankly, you don't need to, you know, in America, or at least it used to be, you could just raise questions whether or not they were based on nothing or not. But they don't want you asking any questions. And they've got this massive effort underway that we've sued about. And the suit is, I, I frankly didn't know about it much about it until, you know, I kind of figured out what the litigation was about. So Judicial Watch sued for records on something called the COVID-19 Community Core Program. And this program is set up under HHS. Uh, and it's, it's something that I think most Americans would not be comfortable with. It's a, uh, the website describes the COVID-19 Community Core Program, quote, as an initiative to increase confidence in COVID-19 vaccines and reinforce basic prevention measures. And so those basic prevention measures are the, uh, the mass, frankly, mask mandates, the social distancing and other restrictions that many people object to both in terms of liberty and terms of science. The government program also seeks to enlist your kids, minors, 16 and over. The site reports, quote, over 4,000 organizations and almost 10,000 individuals across the United States have joined the COVID-19 Community Corps. They've committed to take action to encourage their families, friends, and members of their communities to get vaccinated for COVID-19. What, what, why would a republic have this type of operation going? It's like something out of a, a you know authoritarian regime or to you know join the government program to indoctrinate your neighbors on these issues related to COVID. And sure enough, when I looked at the website, uh, see if it pops up here, there's a series of major corporations who are involved in this propaganda effort, MLB. MLS, Major League Soccer, uh, National Association of Broadcasters, NASCAR, NFL, uh, and some like individuals whose names I don't recognize, all sorts of unions, unions, um, all sorts of medical associations that have gone completely left on this and have su suppressed scientific inquiry uh, as part of this uh, uh, COVID agenda. And, uh, and then they highlight people based on their race and ethnicity, which is typical for the government, and quote, um, faith leaders, which look to me largely left-wing uh, organizations. So I don't know about you, but you know I'm suspicious of that type of activity, aren't you? So we ask questions about it. All records regarding the Department of Health and Human Services COVID-19 Community Core Program, which was announced. This request includes the following. Depicting records depicting the application process selection criteria for the organizations participating in the program. What do you have to do? All records related to the consideration of any organization considered for participation in the program that were not selected. Why did some people join and get thrown off or not uh, selected? All records concerning any awarded or proposed rate related grants or contracts with any organization participating in the program. So how much money are they spending here? What are they doing with the money? 
and then records between communications between the, built, the, the, the people at HHS and the organizations that join the program. So the federal government organizing a core, frankly, of private individuals, miners, corporations, and unions to, to push controversial COVID policies is concerning. And equally concerning and suspicious is the Biden administration's unlawful refusal to turn over records about this program to Judicial Watch and the American people. So I love that Judicial Watch is asked about this question, asked about this program, because it is a way of funding propaganda and enlisting Americans and, and teenagers to do it for them. I'd shut it down if I were running things, but and I ain't running things. But I've at least alerted you, so you can talk to your congressman about it. You can talk to your senators about it. Say, what the heck's going on here? What are we spending money pushing? You know, similarly, you know, there are all these questions about the vaccine, and we're not allowed to ask questions about the vaccine. Either it will be fact-checked to death, censored outright, or which I think is really pernicious, they label the material on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and places like that. They'll label your material, which suppresses the ability oftentimes to get it and share it. So they pretend it's not censorship when in fact it is censorship because they're suppressing content that is at odds so oftentimes with, I don't know, the scientific analysis and medical analysis of the doctors at Facebook and Twitter and the rest of them. I don't know where their medical expertise comes from. Oh, no, wait, they rely on WHO, which is compromised by China. Oh, wait, no, they rely on Dr. Fauci, whose uh, positions on medical interventions changes from seemingly week to week and has been caught in scandal after scandal related to the agency, his agency's cover-up of its involvement with the Chinese. I mean, if you think the censorship of COVID-related information and questions about the vaccine is the a private, um, uh, the, the uh, vindication of the rights of private entities uh, to control what goes on their platform, you don't know what's going on because they are acting as advocates and censors on behalf of the government. So what we have asked about is something that there is concern about, which is the biodistribution of the vaccines once they're injected. And I'm not gonna to pretend to be able to explain it well, so I'm just gonna tell you to look it up. And let me give you the definition that we were able to find. We sued HHS for biodistribution studies for the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. And um, biodistribution is the method of tracking where compounds of interest travel in an experimental animal or human subject. So there's been concern about the biodistribution of the vaccines and folks want answers. You know, what, what's going on? You know, was there anything done to analyze that? And the Biden administration should follow the law and release any of these studies concerning the vaccines. Americans have a right to know 
as much as possible about the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines. And I don't know about you, I guess I've been doing this for 23 years, so I shouldn't be tired of it, but I'm tired of just having to sue to get the time of day about this core issue from our government. Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the, and the Fauci agency we're suing, the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Disease are all part of the same big, big government glob, or blob, I guess glob isn't a word. They all failed to respond to our request. And they told us to go ask another agency at one point, and the other agency refused to give us any information. So a core vaccine issue, many people raise questions about it. We're asking for studies, and they don't want to give us the information. They won't even tell us, no, we don't have anything. That's how bad it is. So just my talking about this is going to suppress the content of this video suppresses distribution. So I encourage you, if you're listening and watching and you want Judicial Watch's message to get out, I encourage you to spread the word. Click, like, comment, do all of that. Like, please, because, uh, because, I, because I was daring to talk about federal litigation against government agencies who aren't following the law, Facebook and the rest will probably suppress this. So the threat to the rule of law, the attack on the rule of law on our Republican form of government isn't just happening here in Washington, D.C. The left doesn't just say, hey, let's just work in Washington. They're all over the place. In California, the left controls the levers of government in a significant way. And Judicial Watch has been engaged in a lawsuit to vindicate the California Constitution and the rule of law against the left-wing effort to require gender quotas, sex quotas, on private boards of directors. And it's an interesting case because it's a lawsuit that is being brought uh, on behalf of taxpayers. Taxpayers in California essentially have the right under California law to challenge expenditures of taxpayer funds that uh, would, would violate law. So if there's a policy that's a violation of law, taxpayers can come in and say, well, we can't spend money on that policy. It has to be stopped. So there was this law that was passed in California, and it's properly known as um, SB 826, requires every publicly held corporation headquartered in California to have at least one director who, quote, self-identifies her gender as a woman, which, of course, raises all sorts of other questions. And they must have those, that, uh, that report on on about the boards that was due to begin December, 2019. And then the law also requires uh, corporations have up to, so they had the reporting requirement and then there's a quota requirement. The law also requires corporations to have the three such persons, women on their boards by December 31st, 2021, depending on the size of the board. So essentially what's happening is that in California under this unconstitutional lawless act, they have selected seats on publicly traded companies, boards, that only women can apply for. Men need not apply. They can't compete for the jobs. The lawsuit alleges the quota violates equal protection clause of the California Constitution, which is really quite specific, and asks the court to order that no taxpayer funds be spent on the illegal provision. 
So both, and so technically where we are procedurally, I warn you, I'm not a lawyer, so take this for what it's worth. Uh, both sides, the defendants, uh, the other side, and the plaintiffs, our taxpayer clients that we're representing in court, asked the court to enter judgment in their favor. And we had a big hearing this week about it. So we've had discovery. Uh, we've gotten information. The government, the, the California had all sorts of experts come in at great expense, I'm sure. Uh, Judicial Watch had a, a wonderful expert come in to examine uh, these issues. And, you know, experts provide the court with reliable ways of, you know, evaluating issues before it and interpreting evidence, I would presume. We argue in our court filings, and they're all available online. I encourage you to look at them because they're really interesting about this issue. Because this is an issue, as you know, ain't going to stay just in California. Even if we win, they will push it elsewhere. SB 826 requires that the subject corporations set aside a certain number of board seats for women or create new seats for which only women may apply. SB 826 imposes the additional requirement that one or more seats be set aside or created for women. The only criterion for occupying these seats is being female. Men are excluded from the seats no matter how well qualified they might be. Does that sound lawful to you? Does that sound like it fits in with at least the California Constitution's rep, uh, requirement that people be treated equally, no matter their sex? And our expert analysis by Jonathan Click, who is a, a an expert in eco econometrics, statistics, and corporate law, he concludes that he can he look at the evidence offered by the declarations and the so-called experts supporting California's motion for um, uh, each of the following points. The underrepresentation of women on boards, he found it lacking. Discrimination is the cause of this underrepresentation. Again, he, we found it lacking. And that research shows a differential benefit of appointing women as opposed to men in terms of firm performance. He said all of that evidence they were suggesting, even frankly, of all that were true, it still doesn't justify it constitutionally, but it's another matter. All that evidence they had behind those allegations were deficient and unreliable. So, you know, the quota is one thing. You know, this is something that is completely lawless. You know, we've had 40, 50 years of, of laws and court decisions that require equal treatment without regard for sex, without regard for race. And in this case, California politicians want to use this law to upend decades of settled constitutional law that prohibits discrimination based on sex. So when they say they are opposed to sex discrimination, that they're not opposed to it in California. They have a law that requires it. And we have a separate lawsuit challenging an even more expansive court of law that uh, includes uh, race and other uh, classifications that are illegal to uh, set quotas for. And we hope this lawsuit vindicates the rule of law. And of course, you know, the common sense principle, it, sound, it may sound simple, but with the left, you can't rely on simplicity and common sense. You have to repeat basic rules of life, which is that the way to end discrimination based on sex is to stop discriminating based on sex. So the court, we suspect, will rule soon. Uh, we, uh, I've been fighting 
tooth and nail in this case. It's a big deal. Uh, the business press is very interested in this. You know, corporations are afraid by and large to take this on directly because, you know, these woke corporations, they don't want to be on the wrong side of the crazed leftists who are requiring, requiring gender quotas in California. You know, and there's going to be a similar fight at the national level. NASDAQ, uh, that's, you know, the, uh, the stock trading um, forum, you know, they're, they're coming up with rules that would require quota-like analysis of uh, board membership. So this is a big deal. The left supports sex discrimination. It supports race discrimination and other discrimination based on classifications they used to say they oppose discriminating on the basis of. I mean, we've got specific evidence here. And it's California is a big state. It's a big law. And Judicial Watch stepped up, did the hard work of the litigation, you know, having to get a fine, hire an expert, do the discovery. And if you could have seen the court files, I wish I was in the office because I'd show it to you. Way up. Let's say two, three feet of high of paper just on these filings. So uh, I'll keep you apprised of uh, what happens. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we get a good result from the lower court here. Next up is uh, another big issue, which again, the establishment media wants to ignore, uh, which is election integrity. Again, dangerous territory for those of us concerned about uh, social media censorship. Judicial Watch filed a FOIA lawsuit against the Department of Justice for communications between the DOJ and various left-wing groups concerning the Biden administration's outrageous decision to challenge Georgia's election integrity law. Judicial Watch filed the lawsuit after um, they were, uh, the Justice Department refused to follow the law. I mean, doesn't that tell you a lot that the Justice Department doesn't even follow the law on transparency? They're one of the most egregious abusers. We asked for records about all documents and communications between the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, which is a hotbed of leftist radicals and partisans, and any of the following people and organization, including any, um, and, and, the, and those include ACLU Foundation of Georgia, American Civil Liberties Union, Legal Women Voters, Brennan Center for Justice, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and the Law, Common Cause, NAACP, Georgia State Conference, the NAACP Campaign Legal Center, Fair Fight, Fair Fight Action, Stacey Abrams, Perkins Coy, who was the, uh, the big firm for the Democratic National Committee, and Hillary Clinton has been implicated in criminal activity, and Mark Elias, who at least until recently was a big lawyer there and is still involved in these election fights and one of the top lawyers for the left in terms of changing the rules and challenging election integrity measures. Now, Justice Department went into court uh, with fake allegations uh, about Georgia's uh, conduct here and the state of the law to strike down their election law. It's sought to reform the law. It frankly didn't go far, far enough as far as I was concerned. Uh, it included strengthening voter ID requirements and some other restrictions on some of the out-of-control measures that were instituted using the excuse of COVID. 
wrongly in my view, by Georgia last year. And look, we've been around this, we've been doing this for years and we know how it works. And there's been previous instances of the leftists running the Justice Department coordinating, sometimes improperly, with outside groups to target election laws and election issues that these far left groups uh, have an interest in. As I said in our statement, the leftists who control the Justice Department have a long record of working hand in glove with extremist and partisan interest groups who oppose any efforts to make it harder to steal votes and steal elections. So, you know, the Georgia case is really outrageous because um, the lawsuit uh, was uh, essentially decimated by a decision issued by the Supreme Court in a left-wing challenge against Arizona's election integrity laws. Uh, and so, you know, the fundamental basis behind the Georgia challenge has been knocked out by the Supreme Court. And yet, of course, the Biden Justice Department is continuing to assault election integrity measures. Now, I conclude that if you oppose voter ID, you oppose citizenship verification, you want a system in place that encourages and makes it difficult to police fraud, seems to me the, uh, that, that, that type of agenda suggests you want the ability to steal elections and steal votes. And they're desperate right now to short circuit the efforts of states to implement security measures such as voter ID. And when we're asking for the Justice Department's coordination with the radical left to challenge these laws, uh, we usually know there's something there. So I suspect there's something there. And the fact that they refuse to give us any information one way or another uh, shows us they have something to hide. So this is the kind of basic work that needs to be done to expose the radical agenda to the light of day and which is often, you know, it's one thing to say, look, I disagree with someone policy, but you know, it's a, it's a, uh, we have elected, we have elections, we have elected representatives, and policies change, and they don't necessarily change in a way I agree with, or you agree with politically. That's a different question of engaged in abusive power, abusive tactics, uh, breaking the rules to coordinate with outsiders in litigation that allegedly is supposed to be independent of these outsiders and other misconduct. The leftist agenda too often is implemented lawlessly and because uh, they think following the rules gets in the way oftentimes. And so that's why Judicial Watch is so hated by the left because we encourage um, and, de and demand accountability for how the government acts. It's one thing to say, I don't like what the government's doing. It's another thing to say, I don't trust that the government is acting lawfully here and there's misconduct behind what's happening here. And usually, in my experience as a conservative, with big government, with overreaching government comes big corruption. And usually that's all protected by big secrecy. And that's what Judicial Watch is trying to combat. So you can see from Judicial Watch's activities that I'm reporting to you this week, there's simply no one else in town doing the heavy lifting like Judicial Watch is on election integrity, directly challenging government conduct in the case of illegal, uh, what I would call critical feminist theory type quota efforts in California, exposing the Biden border crisis for the humanitarian 
and um, abusive catastrophe it is to children. And of course, being unafraid of talking about uh, the Biden's propaganda efforts on COVID and asking questions, basic questions uh, from the government about the safety issues related to the vaccine and any studies they have about issues that people have concerns about. And we're in court over it. We're not just talking about it, we're taking action. And we do it with your support and I encourage you to support Judicial Watch. As I say, get the word out, look at the documents, share them widely. We're an educational group, fundamentally. Uh, but I also encourage you to support our work. We're a charity. You can go to judicialwatch.org and support our work with a financial contribution. I don't ask enough for your support. So if you're not supporting Judicial Watch, I encourage you to join our cause, join our movement as we seek to defend our republic. Thank you very much. And I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.